Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Match Lava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava, and today is Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. It has been a busy day. I got up pretty early, and that's kind of been the trend in the last week or so. So I've been happy about that. I've been getting a lot done. And it's just crazy how much more I feel like I can get done when I get up super early as compared to getting up somewhere around 7 or 8 o'clock. It's just you can't get as much done. You get an extra few hours in the beginning of the day. So that's been something that I've been able to take advantage of and capitalize on a little bit and get some more done in the mornings. I've been getting up, getting some Amazon repricing done, and then getting some eBay listings uh, either relisted or getting some put up before all before like 7. So Things have been chugging along pretty well. It was a busy morning for me. I was able to do a lot of research on Keepa and go through and find a few products that I would like to order and probably will be decent replens for my business. So those are things that I've been working on and much past that, just kind of plugging away here. going to be doing some uh, business development here in the next couple of days. It's coming to the end of the quarter and every quarter I set rocks for the next quarter. I did briefly review the rocks that I had for this quarter and Rocks, for for those of you who aren't aware, Traction is a book written by Gino Wickman, and he was a guy that helped develop the 1-800-GOT-JUNK company back in, I don't know, whenever they started to become big, and he kind of built it from a small business to the billion-dollar business it is today based off the principles and, and guides that he outlays in the book Traction. And so a lot of small businesses and big businesses use it, and I ended up finding it through a company that I interned with in college. They ended up converting to it right as I was, I think as I was leaving. I wish I'd have read it whenever they kind of put the book out there. They said, hey, we're going to start running our company off of this book. But either way, I did find it later in life, and it's been something that's been helpful for me. So I'm going to be going through and setting my goals for the upcoming quarter. That's something that they stress in that book, and it is something that I think will be pretty beneficial for me in the upcoming you know, quarters and then years ahead. And so I'll be taking that very seriously. I do it every quarter. And I think this is kind of one of the quarters that's going to be pivotal for me because I'm starting a new chapter in my business where I'm doing more Amazon. I'm doing a little less eBay, kind of transitioning my model of how I acquire products and the different products that I sell. And so this would be a big quarter for trying to have this as my first full quarter doing a replenishables model versus just doing a kind of hodgepodge eBay kind of garage sale-ish business where there's basically everything that you could imagine on the store. And so that I'll still do a bunch of items and a variety of items, but they won't be uh, non-replenishable. Hopefully they will be replenishable at least for several months before things end up getting either tanked out in price or maybe it's hard to acquire the items or maybe they go out of stock or whatever. So anyway, that's what I've been working on. And I'm looking at some of the goals that I had set for last quarter. It's kind of laughable at this point. I had way more sales pegged for this past quarter than I had had in the quarter actually. And that's part of the fact that I transitioned out of eBay and doing more Amazon stuff. And that's part of the fact that it's just been a slow quarter. And when you're trying to start something new, and especially for me, when I'm trying to start a, a newer portion of my business or learn a new skill, I oftentimes do find that I will um, be a little bit less productive in sales because I'm dedicating so much time to being able to figure out the new kind of information that will boost my sales in the future. And so it's kind of the trade-off there, but it's something that I've been focusing on. So sales weren't as good, which is fine. I kind of expected that a little bit. Not really sure why I pegged the sales number I did other than just kind of being aspirational, but I don't think I hit it. 
and then other stuff. Uh, I was learning Python for a little bit there. It did actually teach me some valuable skills, stuff that I hadn't thought of that would be helpful for building the Airtable spreadsheet that I, I ended up making and helpful for reading a little bit of code that I used to put a script into that sheet. But overall, uh, I kind of put that on the back burner as well when I started looking into Amazon more. And that's something that I would like to continue to learn. But as, as you know, business kind of needs to be kicked into gear, I don't necessarily have as much free time to spend learning Python for a couple hours each day. And so that's something that I didn't end up doing. And then some of the other things that I had set out to do, I wanted to have a cash flow dashboard for my business. I don't have that yet. It's something that isn't necessary right now. I think as things start to get tighter or as I start to worry about cash flow, that may be something to put into place. But at this current moment, I kind of need to see where I'll be at, how cash flow looks on Amazon, and then also how I plan on kind of building out the business from there. I don't want to have a cash strapped model. I want to have a model where I'm able to make moves when I need to and have a big enough balance sheet for my business that I can continue to spend on products as they come in, as they appear, as I find them and, and not be worried about, hey, how am I going to be able to buy my next set of products because I have so much money tied up in inventory. I think I touched on this maybe a week or two ago as to why it's probably not a good idea to just jump in and buy a ton of inventory and not have any capital because A, you're not going to have the flexibility that a business that has capital would have and B, people may not buy the same way that they do pre-recession in a recession. So now, you know, we're not necessarily in a recession, at least we haven't officially been stated as being in one, um, but even changes from sometime at the beginning of the year or even in March till now, there's there's been buying changes that I've seen in my eBay store and I think that a lot of people have seen that in their eBay stores and their Amazon stores. And so that's something to just keep in mind that buying changes will probably occur if there is a recession. So probably not the best idea to just dive straight in and buy a ton of inventory if you don't know what you're doing or if you're not necessarily sure if it's going to sell long term. So that's something that I've been looking at and just kind of laughing a little bit at some of the goals that I set because they weren't necessarily great. It's not maybe that good of a thing to laugh at, but it is interesting just where I was three months ago versus where I am now and kind of what my mindset has been and where it's shifted to a lot's changed and especially in the last quarter. And so I'm going to be looking to adjust my business and the different things that I have set up for it and, and the different goals that I have for the remainder of the year. I'm going to be adjusting that in this upcoming couple of days and trying to plan that out and see where I can go with that. Other than that, it's just going to be for the next couple of days, I'll be planning out some of the things for the next quarter. I'm going to be doing a little bit of research. I still plan on doing some fourth quarter retail arbitrage. I don't think that I'll ever be able to really rule that out of my system, even if I build a larger business. If I have free time, I'm still going to probably want to do some RA just on the side just for fun. But I do see a large business opportunity each fourth quarter. I'm not sure what this one will look like. Last year, we were all kind of jazzed up because there was all these shortages and it looked like it'd be easy to sell toys. And it was, and I ended up making a lot of money selling toys and I ended up picking out one of the best toys for the fourth quarter, which was the Gabby Dollhouse. Absolutely smashed that thing and, and sold a ton of those. And that was a good find for me. And I want to be able to do that again this upcoming year. So I'm going to be spending not a ton of time, but a significant portion of, of some free time that I have or just other time that maybe I would dedicate to different things in the business. I'm going to be spending that on learning some of the toys for the upcoming fourth quarter and trying to get educated on that. And plus I provide a, a service to GFNF and they pay me for it and all that kind of stuff. But I provide for them as a kind of like a low key flips provider type of thing. So when I'm looking for those sorts of things, it's good to kind of have a, a very good idea of what the fourth quarter is going to look like so I can provide different flips for them and stuff like that. And so that's what I'll be doing in the upcoming quarter ahead. It is going to be major focus on Q4 with an Amazon focus in there as well. 
probably not going to be doing it re retail arbitrage on Amazon in the traditional sense. Most of that's going to go to eBay. Most of the items that I'm buying from Walmart and stuff like that that are toys and stuff will still probably be sold on eBay. I think that there's a larger risk that you can pose to your account if you're selling kind of one-offs on Amazon, at least in my opinion it is because I want to build a big business on there. And so I'm probably not going to be throwing as many one-off or you know, maybe if I get three of this toy, I'm probably not going to throw that on Amazon. I'll probably throw that on eBay. I'll make a little less money, but I can sleep kind of a little bit more soundly at night knowing that I just have less risk on my Amazon account. Overall, uh, I think Tekken Sports said it in one of the podcasts he did with Daily Refinement, but he basically said, if it's not a long-term strategy for you, don't do it. And what he meant by that is if it's not something you can see working long-term for your business, it's probably going to pose a larger risk to you if it is risky than it would actually pose as a gain for you. And in stuff like that, it's probably not beneficial to take the large risk because if it is risky and it's not going to give you that much gain, well, you're just in a losing scenario at that point. So that's kind of something that I've been thinking about a lot and probably won't be doing a ton of flips on Amazon that are just these one-off, two-off items. So anyway, that's what I have for that. I'm going to be doing some work on different items and, and different things that'll be kind of popping up in the next quarter and trying to figure out what those items are and then also trying to figure out different replenishables I can sell on Amazon. I do feel good. I've been able to find a lot of replens in the last couple of weeks. I'm looking at my sheet right now and just I've, I've edited it a bunch of times where I think I had like a version one, a version two, and a version three of kind of the tracking of all of these. And on each one, I, I kind of started fresh and put new information on each one of them, new replenishables on each one. And so the latest one that I've had for maybe the last couple of weeks, I'm already up to about 70 different items that would be p potential sells. And probably not all of them are going to be sellers for me, but especially in the, this last week, a lot of them are. And it's it's kind of exciting to see that. It just kind of comes to putting your faith in either your ability to look to keep a chart and putting the faith in Amazon that they won't hopefully suspend you. Even if they do, there's different things you can work on to kind of get unsuspended or writing a plan of action and stuff like that. And so that's something I did want to touch on real quick is plans of action. I haven't had to submit one yet to Amazon, but I've heard of people having to submit a plan of action before, and it is something to kind of be aware of. And so what is a plan of action? Well, I've been reading a book and yesterday I started reading it. It was by Scott Margolius. He's an Amazon seller from the just the foreword in the book or, or whatever, the introduction of the book. He basically said that he started on eBay in the early 2000s and then got on Amazon in 2012 and he was somewhere in the top 25 to 10% of Amazon sellers on the platform and he's remained there since 2012. So that's pretty impressive. I don't think any of us are really there and if you are, then you're doing a phenomenal job. Especially, I mean, Amazon's a large platform. So top 25%, I think a lot of people could do that um, if they're really hustling. But top 10%, there's, there's a lot of Amazon sellers out there and a lot of them are doing volume. So that's a pretty decent accomplishment. And what he's done is kind of taken all the strategies he's learned on Amazon for uh, plans of action and put them into a book and basically how he he runs a business now that helps sellers get either unsuspended or if they get a plan of action request from Amazon that says, hey, if you want to continue to sell on our platform, you need to submit a plan of action to be able to sell here. He helps them fill those sorts of things out. And so he wrote a book on it last year. It's, it's a short read. I think it's like 90 pages. I'm not affiliated with it in any way, but I do think it's a good book to read. And it's a little bit expensive. I think it was like 28 bucks, but for the amount of information I've gotten out of it, I definitely got my money's worth. And so it's just something where he goes through and talks about what a plan of action is, why Amazon would request one, and then 
the basic layout of how you should make one whenever you're going to submit one to Amazon should they reach out to you. And so sometimes Amazon gets an inauthenticity claim by a buyer because they don't want to pay return shipping or maybe the buyer's not happy with the condition of the product they received or maybe the buyer thinks something, the one example he gave, the buyer ordered a, thought they were ordering a 26 ounce bottle and they chose the wrong variation from the listing and accidentally ordered the 24 ounce bottle and then said this doesn't match what the listing said. And Amazon's not like eBay. They won't say, hey, well, you should have done better and you should have looked at, at this better. They'll say, oh, well, we're very sorry. That's the seller's fault. And and that's kind of up in the air as to, I don't necessarily agree with that, but he makes a very strong argument that it is Amazon's sandbox and it wouldn't present the large opportunity for sellers that it does if they weren't that way with customers. And I agree with that. And so while it sucks that they can do that and while it sucks that that's kind of the process, the proving guilty or the guilty until proven innocent process that kind of comes along with Amazon, it is one of those things where if they didn't do it that way, they probably wouldn't be as valuable of a platform for us to sell on. And it would be more in line with eBay where they kind of side with sellers as well as buyers, which is good for us, but also there's not as many buyers on eBay. And it's just because it's not as buyer friendly of a platform as Amazon is where Amazon's the most buyer friendly store that's out there. And so in that way, it's, it's something where you kind of need to pay attention to your buyers and make sure that you're treating them well, make sure you're putting in the best items, make sure you're putting in items that are in good condition and all that kind of stuff. And he writes, he basically writes the book about how you can form a plan of action and write one out to be able to get either unsuspended or get selling privileges back on Amazon if you would find yourself in a situation where you wouldn't have them or they would be restricted or anything like that. And for most sellers, for most small sellers, that may not be a big concern, but for sellers who are doing this every day, day in and day out, it will probably become a bigger thing as you grow because there's so many more, there's so many more buyers for your products, the more your store grows. And once you kind of have a lot of buyers, once you have a lot of products, it can be easier to either have a slip up or just have buyers that are unhappy. You're, you're drawing from a larger pool of buyers, the more products that you have. And there are plenty of unhappy people out there. So it wouldn't be that big of a stretch to say at some point you could have somebody say your product's inauthentic or say that your product isn't what you said it was and it wasn't as described or whatever. And so he's basically saying, hey, if you're in this position, here's what you need to do. And if you're not, definitely take some notes and refer back to this book whenever you are in a spot when you need to have a plan of action for Amazon because chances are if you're doing this for a while, you probably will. And that just comes with the territory. And so that's something that I found super helpful. I definitely took some notes and, and put some highlight, like highlighted information in the book just because I want to have that readily accessible to me should I ever have to form a plan of action and send it into Amazon and write that out and all that kind of stuff. And basically, you may be wondering what's a plan of action. Well, it's basically just saying, hey, uh, Amazon wants to know what are you going to do to make sure this never happens again? What are you going to do to make sure that the buyer is never this upset again about this sort of issue? And you basically have to say, okay, well, here's what went wrong. I understand kind of what happened based on this policy and here's what I've done to correct it and you kind of lay out your case as to how you've changed your processes what you've changed in your business and basically what you've done to prevent the issue or uh, kind of slip up that you had from ever happening again and Amazon usually responds pretty well to things like that as long as you're not being you know a jerk or being like defensive in the argument you basically own up to what you did but you don't do it in like a super apologetic way kind of just approach it and say hey you know what I screwed up this is on me um, because or maybe not even that you may just want to say this is what happened 
this is because I did this wrong in my business and I'm changing it because I've edited these processes. I've reviewed this certain set of uh, Amazon policies. You can link them in there and then just kind of go through it. And so it's been a helpful book. I'd encourage you to read it and I would encourage you to get it just because I do believe it is super valuable for Amazon sellers. If you're going to sell on Amazon, it's not that expensive. It's like, like I said, $28 for the Kindle version, maybe like 35 for the hardback version. Um, I ended up buying the Kindle version just because I wanted the information. I want to have it in my pocket should I ever need it. And it's been super valuable. I definitely got my money's worth out of it. So again, not affiliated with it, but super valuable tool for your Amazon business. And like I've said before, I'm going to probably talk about a lot of products that I use on here for Amazon, but it's only because I think that they're valuable and helpful to me. And I think that they'd be able to help a newer seller or if I was putting this a different way, if I was starting Amazon, here's what I'd want to know. And so these are the things that have been helpful for me. Again, if you wanna you wanna go after them, definitely get it. You can you can learn a lot from Amazon just through the the products and stuff that I've been putting on here and stuff. But other than that, I mean, you really just have to go out there and do the research and put in the effort. I had somebody message me the other day and asked me, "How do you find stuff for Amazon? How do you find stuff for eBay?" And most of my stuff is just manual labor, right? I want to eventually offload that to a virtual assistant who can do that and who understands English pretty well and can understand a process and all that kind of stuff. But for now, it's manual labor, and that goes into the the finding of products, that goes into learning the processes. You have to put in the work, and then once you have the work and you understand how the process is done and you have a good process, then you can off you can offload that, you can outsource that to somebody else. And so that's what I'm doing now. It's, it's just a grind, but I've been able to find a lot more products. I feel a lot better about it than I did just a month ago. Even then I did two weeks ago, I felt terrible about it. And even last week, I wasn't feeling that good kind of changed some stuff up. I've started using that Keep a Product Finder that I've talked about a lot on here. It's been a game changer for me. And so I've just been going through, plugging away, looking at different stores, looking at different items, looking at different categories, rolling out categories, looking at only specific categories, specific types of items, and kind of playing around with different ROIs and where I can find items and what sources are out there and stuff like that. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of items out there. And the best thing that I've kind of been able to learn is if a product doesn't work, I'm not going to try and force it to work. I'm not going to spend a lot of time looking for it, looking for a better source, kind of skip over it and move on. And there's tons of products out there. Amazon has this insane category of or insane catalog of products. And so if, if there's one that I can't find or I can't make it work, then I just kind of skip it and move on to the next one because overall, somebody will probably get that product to work, but it may not be for me and there's no use spending all this time over a product that's not going to work anyways might as well go find the next one because there's so many out there to sell so that being said i'm gonna wrap this thing up you guys have a great rest of your tuesday and i will talk to you tomorrow with another podcast have a good one peace